on the button. I mean, I won't just disappear mid-sentence, but I, I, I've got a comfortable R anyway. We we will aim for we'll aim to get you out before five. It's you know, not like a doctor's no where it's like you know the time is different. You, you know, say come for an hour, <laughs> you know, you're gonna be there three hours. <laughs> No worries. All right. In that case, we'll we'll get started and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, uh, Graham. It's 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 very nice to be here. Um, in our little pre pre podcast chat, I didn't even ask whereabouts you are. You're in the states. Yeah, so I'm based currently based in New Jersey because I, I work over in New York. Um, so I just oh, okay. travel over. But I only moved here about a year ago. So. Oh, okay. Wow, big change. I'm sure. Yeah, no, no, it was a bit of a bit of a different one. Try, still trying to get used to some some aspects. So I'm originally from like east coast of England. So yeah, yeah. Blown over. But you're you're based out in Belfast, is it? I, I am indeed. Yeah, I'm like uh, yeah, like ten minutes outside Belfast, uh, slightly in the the sticks because you know ten minutes distance here can take you to a different world. It's a it's a small small place. That's fine. Is that you've always been out out near the like the city or? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've, I've lived, have I ever lived in the city centre? Um, I, I've lived sort of almost in the, in the city before, but usually I've been like kind of um, a little bit, at a, at a bit of a remove. But, you know, as I say, I'm only 10 minutes away from it, so it's it's not that far. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've been um, living in and around Belfast all my life. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what goes on. <laughs> nice, thanks. No, no, even though I've been in, I was in the UK prior, you know, 30 odd years, I never made it to Ireland. Hey man, there's there's still time, you know. You're you're a young dude. I always feel bad, like I like like I went, I went to Scotland and like touched over onto Wales, but I never made it over to Ireland. It's right there. Uh, like it's literally right probably more fun anyway. I like Scotland a lot. <laughs> I don't mean not if anyone from Belfast is uh, watching or listening, but I do like Scotland a lot. Yeah, can't wait to go back. All right, well, we're gonna start with like an easy question, potentially, but also kind of therapeutic. Okay. Who are you? Uh, so, my name is Peter, and I also go under the name Alpha Chrome Gayo. Uh, I'm a musician from Belfast, like we just said, and, uh, you know, I always find it hard to describe exactly what my music is like, um, so I've gone with the catch-all term of far-out exciting music, which hopefully sums it up and doesn't sound too wanky, um, but, uh, yeah, basically, I, I make music, and I make albums, and release them myself, and it ranges from sort of jazz fusion and city pop type stuff to kind of ethereal, liminal, ambient, and new age. And there's usually a smattering of very uh, raunchy, horny robots involved too at some point in most of my releases. So I do that, and I also make music for um, for, for, for short films, long films, and I'm currently working on a couple of video game soundtracks. So yeah, I'm a music man is the short answer. I like that you struggle to describe your own music because I was trying to think prior to the call how to describe your music. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, sort of thinking, like, I don't blame you. Yeah, like how did how did I find him? I was like, well, I was on Twitter and I saw this some some stuff, and then I, was, I saw some videos. And at first, I thought you were just remixing videos over the top of music. I didn't realize sure, you were like, sure. responsible for everything when I first saw it. But at the same time, I was like, but I still don't know how I would describe the music <laughs> I was hearing because it's like it's like there's a level of lo-fi to it, and then it's like yeah, but it's also it's it's like techno, and then there's just stuff 
just like yeah there's, there's lots but of it stuff. all works <laughs> oh man that, that's very kind of you, of you to say you know i mean my very favorite thing is when somebody says yeah i don't really know how to describe it but it just sounds like you and that's a lovely thing for me to hear you know um yeah i mean sometimes i get kind of lumped in the synth wave or vapor wave and that's lovely you know i, I like if anyone um you know enjoys any kind of genre of music and sees me as being part of that that's great um but i also don't really like kind of genre conventions and bit sticking to one thing i'm just a very fickle man is the, is the thing you know i, I like uh, i like finding weird wormholes and and exploring those holes <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it was something which i kind of relate to when i saw your stuff was that you don't seem to stick to one thing you just you you seem to fit what you're making to the thing you're making and i don't yeah, know if that, that's the right that, way around that, you do it like yeah i think it, it, it often is um i mean because i do a lot of sort of stuff that's kind of like commissioned sometimes for like, you know, I've done jingles for podcasts, YouTube channels and scored sort of films and stuff like I was saying. And that always has to kind of fit a remit. And that's kind of fun. You know, if somebody says, you know, I need some like noir jazz or something, how do you make it sound like an old cop movie? I like thinking about that first and going, right, well, how can I make it sound like that? Um, but when I'm doing my own stuff, there's the extra freedom to kind of do that, but then also break all the rules as well and make it sound kind of even more strange or unusual you know and um like a lot of the music i listen to well i listen i mean everyone listens to lots of music but there's a band um called sai they're kind of an avant-garde japanese black metal band i started listening when i was about 15 and i love that they kind of will do like a black metal track which kind of sort of segues into disco and jazz and stuff even within the same song i like that you know um i like sort of the frank Zappa school of thought you know where you're kind of not necessarily sticking to one thing and making music sometimes that can be inherently silly, but taking it very seriously at the same time. You know, even if I'm writing songs that are about, you know, the uh, peculiarities of Japanese train lines or or stuff like that. You know, um, I just, it's 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 fun to sort of explore those sort of different sort of worlds and throw yourself head first. And that's something I, I've always liked, whether it's music or just stuff I'm enjoying. So like a sheer level of committing yourself to silly is. <laughs> we're approaching it in a way. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think there's a lot. Um, I think that's, I just think that's fun. You know, I, I, I've always been the kind of guy who gets obsessed with things quite quickly. I don't know about yourself, but uh, you know, if I find something I love, I like to explore it and learn everything I can about it. And then if it's something musical, you know, maybe see how I can make that my own in a weird way, or or you know, just just listen to things and just I, I just like um, I like world building. I guess you know, I, I, I like sort of. D and D, tabletop games, and and um, and video games and stuff. I just like no matter what the sort of format is, people who create sort of worlds to explore. And if I can touch on that in any small way with my music, I'm I'm very happy. I think I think what I noticed was you you seem to. I'm trying to think of the way to describe it was was you seem to make something from nothing. If that makes <laughs> sense. So like you you, yeah. you kind of take something and you. You know, like seeing the stuff you do with CRT and and like expanding with like you know various analog technologies and then plugging that to various different things, plugging in remotes. And it's just like, yeah, you you very much like you you've dove into what's out there and then <laughs> yeah. taken that to make what you want. But part of it's just the play of doing it in the first place. Dude, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that that sort of sums up my whole life, basically. You know, it, it's it's just what I love doing. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like having a blank slate to start with, you know, and um, I try not to copy people ever, but I certainly, you know, take lots of influence from 
all around the world and from different formats and stuff. Um, but yeah, having that blank slate to start with is always lovely. You know, I've never been the kind of guy who gets intimidated by a, a blank page. I get more intimidated by a page that's full of stuff and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> makes, yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, this is a nice little segue. You mentioned uh, Japanese trains and stuff. Where, where does the Japanese influence come from? Well, you know, it's it's large. There's a lot of Japanese influence in my music for anyone who doesn't uh, doesn't know. Um, there's lots of music from all around the world. I mean, there's lots of sort of Icelandic stuff by Folen, even Italo disco and stuff. But you're quite right. There's a huge Japanese influence. And largely that is due to both the music that I really enjoy listening to, a lot of which um, is kind of Japanese jazz fusion you know like uh uh tatsuru yamashita and stuff masayoshi takanaka uh, and lots of japanese ambient stuff too um I, I like sort of uh the approach to music that's just coming from a slightly different place to western approaches uh and very often it's not but very often it is you know if we, uh, just in terms of chord progressions and how stuff's built that's very interesting um but aside from that video games are a huge influence and obviously so many of them come from japan and something i mentioned before is that i really like finding these little worlds and diving into them and something that Japanese video games are great at doing. I mean, all video games do this to some degree. They're, it's, a, it's a niche interest, but it's also a very mainstream interest with, with niches within it. There's lots of Japanese exclusive games that never sort of see releases over here um, on Western shores. And they can sometimes be a lot more strange and involved and catered to very particular interests. And catering to very particular interests is just really what I'm interested in. Um, so I've never really been... I've never been like a train guy in general, uh, but I started getting into Japanese sort of train simulators and stuff um, purely because I just figured this is this whole world and it's and it goes hand in hand with the jazz fusion stuff. Uh, I quickly learned a lot of the Japanese train games that I play have these amazing like riotous jazz fusion scores, which kind of almost seems at odds with sort of the tranquility of riding on a train. Uh, and even to go beyond that in Japan, um, I found out that uh, anyone who's been to Japan will, will know this, I'm sure, that every single train station or almost every train station in Japan has its um, kind of built-in jingles for, for each station. So there's a theme that will play when you arrive at the station and another theme that will play when you depart from the station. And they're just really cute little melodies. Uh, and they're almost all written by uh, a gentleman called Minoru Makaya, I believe his name is, a former keyboard player of uh, jazz fusion legends Cassiopeia. Um, so he, he's written these hundreds of sometimes very cute, sometimes very strange jingles for all these stations. And this, I just, I mean, when I found out about this, just this whole sort of train world became even more interesting to me. Uh, and I started sort of collecting um, uh, sort of the various sort of train peripherals and stuff, these, these sort of um, levers and knobs and controllers, which again, never see a release over here. Um, but in Japan, they're they're huge, you know. So I have I've, I've got a few of them here. I'll reach down and show you a couple in a second. Uh, these are various different controls with levers and switches and stuff. Let me see if I can grab one. I'll show you. Hey, sorry to keep the waiting there. Uh, so here we go. This is one of the controllers here for a game called Densha to Go, uh, and we have sort of a brake controller here and a throttle it's controller. So it is intricate. Uh, <laughs> and, like it's it's kind of a kid's toy, but also something that's resolutely not. There's even a space to hold your uh, train driver's stopwatch in there as well, yes. which my dad got me, uh, um, and I love the bits. I have loads of these all over the house. These these different kind of train controllers. 
Uh, and they're just great fun, just both to play the game, um, but also just to look at and to have and enjoy. Um, so I ended up making an album about that because that was something I got obsessed with. I decided to make a sort of train-themed album. Um, even though my interest is less, I like the trains themselves. I love train rides. I don't know much about the technicalities of engine specifics and things like that and different names for trains. So I, I applaud anybody who does. I think it's an amazingly interesting thing to get into. Um, but it's more the ephemera around it that, that I really enjoy. I even treated myself to uh, to Japan Railways uh, official hat, which I, I plucked off. I did see that in another video. I mean, I would like to pretend that I bought this just for doing promo shots and stuff. I bought it just because I wanted a fun hat. Uh, you know, I also bought some white gloves, which I wear when I'm using the um, the controllers, as that's uh, when Japanese, Japanese train drivers and conductors use white gloves, uh, partly to point at things so people can be aware of any hazards and, and things like that. So again, it comes back to that sort of world building, that full immersion that, that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know you've asked me sort of why Japan, and that's sort of a roundabout way of getting to that. Um, that it's kind of why for me. I just I get obsessed with so many things. It just happens right. that lots of those things come from come from Japan. Uh, something that's always really important to me is um, kind of stressing cultural appreciate appreciation. I like cultural appreciation. I don't like cultural appropriation. I, I, I'm like I'm a I'm a white Belfast guy. I'm not a Japanese man. I'm not going to do a Gwen Stefani and try and pretend otherwise. Um, so when I do get interested in these things, I want, even when I make my albums, I take great care. To always shout about where my influences are coming from and pointing people in the direction of things to listen to. Like the train game, it's called Denter to Go. People should play it, it's awesome. Uh, like like uh, Cassiopeia and Minora, uh, Minoru Micaiah, the keyboardist. There's so many different worlds that people can get into. And if I can point people in any of those directions and have a bit of fun having them listen to my music at the same time, then everyone's a winner as far as I'm concerned. Like there, there's a couple of things that you said which just like open the box inside my head so like obviously tra <laughs> trains having tra train stations having their own jingles and their own theme tunes makes the soundtrack to pokemon makes so much sense <laughs> dude completely yes so many things made sense in my brain when i realized <laughs> as soon as you said it i was just like that's why all the towns have their own theme music and that's why all the buildings have their own theme music because that's their exactly. lives that's yeah. exactly it uh, i mean I, I think it's the 5 p.m chimes uh and, and sort of particularly maybe japanese more rural villages and stuff uh, it's at 5 p.m. or maybe at 6 p.m. I could have the time wrong. But yeah, you're quite right. There's a little chime that plays, a jingle that plays. And I love that, that kind of idea of music being so, as you said, so much part of people's lives. Something I like is that a lot of Japanese ambient music um, is referred to as environmental music. At first, I thought that was, oh, because there's lots of nature influence and stuff. But actually, yeah. I believe the real reason is that it's designed to be listened to in your home environment and to fill your environment, to fill your life with. I think that's a great approach to music, you know. Uh, um, even when I was sort of a teenager, it would have been very rare for me not to be listening to music if possible. You know, it, it's it's a great thing to fill your world with, whether that's music from any type of genre, any type of place, just as long as it's something you enjoy. Uh, I think that's great. So you, I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in the sense of, of not not necessarily getting obsessed with things, but it's is you. That wasn't even a sentence. As <laughs> you. <laughs> As you kind of like discover things, things become kind of like a Pandora's box of just every potential thing, especially when it's from, like you're saying, other cultures, other countries. It's something I've found moving out here is just small things fascinate me. Just anything, yeah, anything that's a great way I to see, like signs. And I'm just like, oh, why? I've never seen a sign like that before. Or why would they need this sign specifically? 
and then you watch the world around you and you suddenly go oh wait now it makes, it makes sense. sense now i understand yeah. it and I, i've understood every other film i've seen with this sign in and just completely blanked it to begin with because it's just nothing it's just like a back, background piece of information and you're just gathering it you know <laughs> oh i love that yeah I, I, I love that I love that when a piece of background noise becomes, as you say, just something that makes sense and other bits start to fall into place. That's a real nice thing. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth in, in that regard. I mean, I mean, as much as you said, you know, it's train games as well. I do feel like train games are, are they're a weird niche. But a niche in the sense of this, that everyone weirdly secretly enjoys them. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah I, I, I feel I like think everyone so. does. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think you're right. It's one of those things that, you know, historically might have seen been seen as like a nerdy thing, but even that in itself has its own kind of mystique and arcane appeal. I mentioned that you mentioned Train Simulator there. Uh, the Train Simulator game series of games is also one of the producers is um, Nori Makaya, who wrote the jingles and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're quite right that uh, it's one of those things people secretly love you know i mean people love those videos of i can't remember the dude's name but there's a a youtuber who gets very excited about trains and it's very sweet and very lovely um and it's it's nice that people seem to like that you know i i, I rarely see any of the taking the piss you know people are are happy for this guy enjoying the stuff and probably secretly wanting to know a bit more about the cool trains yeah i think as well when you see stuff like that there's there's a level of of watching someone be so satisfied it's just extremely comforting in a video. Like it's, it's when you see someone open something up and they're just really happy about it. And you're like, I know nothing about what I'm watching, but this person seems to be having a good life and I'm okay with that. <laughs> that, that is exactly it. There's so much joy to be had in that and in, in, uh, seeing people kind of get uh, excited about whatever. As long as they're in something that's not harming anybody, like uh, it's, it's great. It's absolutely awesome to see. Um, like, you know, I don't know if how well-placed I am to give advice to people, but if anyone ever asks me for advice in terms of, if not making music, like releasing music, how to go about that and how to have people listen to it, I never really know what to say other than just get as excited about it as possible and hopefully other people will see you being excited and um, realise that there's something there to be excited about. Uh, and I think it's a very natural thing to do. I think it's a natural thing to get excited about the stuff you love. I think it's very natural, as you just said, for people to kind of feed off that and enjoy that because it's it's a wonderful thing. It's nice to have cool stuff to enjoy. Some some cool stuff to enjoy in life, right? We're all doomed, <laughs> so we can have like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you cool can have something. To enjoy. <laughs> oh, is that kind of, with that in mind? What, what kind of cool stuff do you enjoy? I'd love to know more. I mean, I, I feel like this is one of those those like loaded questions where I I, I, wanna, <laughs> I I recently went through kind of a process of um, just like obviously meeting a bunch of new people, move to a new country, meet new people, and they sit you down, and the first thing they ask you is like, so what are you into? Mm. And to me, that's a huge world-expanding question. Exactly, right? that's too big. It's the broadest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they just go, oh, what kind of music are you into? I feel like it, it's too big a question because. There's a sheer part of me which is just sat there going, if I say whatever I say is their impression of me for the rest of this time. So if I say, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm into rock or I'm into metal, it's like impression made, and and that's I'm stuck with that now. Even though in yeah. reality I listen to a lot of different music. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, 
And it's the same with everything I've come, kind of come across, like games, films, or anything like that. Whatever you mention in that first ten minutes is is how they're going to remember you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally big, right. I like a bit of everything. Is is what I tend to say. I, you know, well, you know, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, the most honest and best answer. You know, uh, I, I don't I don't think that's like a, a brush off or anything. I think that's a good way to be is is being open minded and having a, a vast array of interests. That 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 make that makes for an interesting person in, in my. Uh, in my humble opinion, I, I am it, Joe. Is that the right thing? I think it is. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I have. A, I can. I can counter it. I, th- I figured out a counter question because. Oh wow! It, okay, right. Yeah, for sure. And I've had a couple of people who have asked me one thing, and I've said, "Oh yeah, you know, I like everything. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, like, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself a Renaissance man or anything like that. I just <laughs> like to absorb everything which I come across and decide whether I like it or not." I'm not going to turn anything down. And then they'll ask me again and I'll say much the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm bored of hearing that. So now give me, give me details. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my turnaround question is, okay, so if we accept that everyone likes a lot of things and we will enjoy a lot of things, what do you dislike? Oh, like, yeah. What, what, do, what don't you enjoy? What do you, you know, instantly turns you off, can't really be around. And I think that's the easiest way to get rid of that. Yeah, I mean, that, Which that's, I'll that's pose it to you as a question people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think to answer feels like I brought off too is what I don't like is the opposite. I don't like closed mindedness. You know, I don't, I don't like carelessness. I don't like closed mindedness. Uh, I don't like people who aren't uh, open to new experiences, new ideas, new cultures. You know, um, that's one of the few things I don't like. You know, I, I, I find, I mean, I am, don't get me wrong, I'm not like, uh, I try not to be like a sort of, I mean, you hear a lot about toxic positivity and stuff. I think there's an element of of substance to that. You know, I, a lot of the time, I'm a very grumpy, anxious, stressed uh, man. So where I do find positivity is in, in finding the joy in loads of stuff, you know? Um, so I, it's hard for me to find things that I truly dislike. There's not many. I'm sort of thinking they have kind of like sort of like plasticky kind of bro country music uh, and stuff that overly produced, overly polished stuff. Even that, <laughs> there's a small part of me that, you know, that kind of likes that. <laughs> it's, it's real tough. I'll think of something that I truly despise um, by by the end of this, I'm sure. I'll work hard in the back of my brain. There's not much. I mean, um, I can, I can give I'll you get my something. go-to answer. Oh, please do. Yeah, I'll steal my, it. <laughs> so my go-to answer is generally anything involving sport. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a Any, good one. Anything involving sport, it, it just my brain just goes blank of, like... You know, this isn't for me. I'm not going to be interested in this. It's instantly rejected. But even like you say, there's there's little parts of it where I'm like, well, that's yeah, there's something here. And it's usually around the fans. Like it's not. Yeah, the it is exactly, yeah. exactly a hundred percent. There's always sort of worlds around it, and the fact that other people are interested makes me interested. I mean, I, I did like a whole, I did a whole golf themed album called Nineteenth Hole. And, you know, it, it, it gets very silly. And it's my body behavior at the golf club and stuff. Uh, I have never played golf, apart from one experience at a driving range where I, like, wrecked my friend's dad's club. It's not a euphemism. Um, uh, uh, but I basically, I joined a golf club as a social member. There's a golf club near me. There's not a lot of good bars near me uh, for me and my, my friend who lives near across the road to go and have a drink in. So we came up with this idea of joining this golf club, um, not to play golf, but just to hang out there and stuff. Uh, and it's great, you know. There's the kind of there's there's always there's like the rich mahogany. There's the crests. There's the kind of the 
the weird rooms you're not really allowed to go into unless you're a certain social standing. And there's elements of that that I really don't like. You know, I brought my wife there and they frowned upon us sitting in the kind of the, the area where it was meant to be just men and stuff. That's shitty, obviously. But the kind of the fact that this world is there and populated by people who are so into it, that alone is, is interesting to me and makes it worthwhile. I love golf video games as well, you know, similarly to the train stuff. Um, uh, I play a lot of golf games and I enjoy them. And, you know, I do think maybe I will try playing golf someday, but I would be the same that sport wouldn't be big for me. Um, yeah, sport's a good one. But as you say, there's even that, that there's, there's something there in almost all sports, I think. <laughs> yeah. the, the bit which always gets me is um, sports tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I see... yeah fan and team tattoos i'm always just like this is you you really committed your life to yeah yeah that team and i don't know how you got into that team because a lot of the time people are into the teams which are from their hometown <laughs> yeah it's really strange i mean that's something sort of particularly well maybe it's not particularly sort of ireland uk but it always seems strange to me that you know growing up people would be into like uh football soccer uh and you know from belfast but obviously They'd be supporting Premier League teams like Liverpool, Manchester United. Like, how do you pick? You know, if there's what ties you to that, and that alone again is interested. You know, I, I couldn't really give a shit about what some people kick a ball around, uh, but I certainly would like. I like. I enjoy that people are interested in it. You know, I think that's why I don't mind watching sports in a bar because that's a whole thing. Then it's an event, and people are there. Uh, I get to kind of learn a bit about why people find it exciting, even if I'm still at the end of. You know, 90 minutes and five pints, I'm not really into it. Um, something's happened, you know, a thing has happened, and I like that. Yeah, so you get to just, you know, vibe with everything going on around them. A hundred percent, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned kind of golf games and train games that kind of been in the same sort of vein of, of, of just trying to kind of start thinking of them as like, they're very therapeutic games. Like, they are hundred percent methodical, are. like there's no rush, take time with it, you know. Uh, I, you're completely right. Uh, yeah, especially golf games, fishing games to some degree too, I think, are like that as well. I like that. You're quite right. Weirdly, actually, the training game that I like the best, didn't you, to go, it's kind of as arcadey as you get. The main thing of that game is um, following a bunch of rules, going the route and stuff. But the main thing is stopping the train at the exact precise bit. And there's this weird kind of, um, after having a fairly relaxed train ride and hearing the kind of the jingles and stuff being played and the announcements on the train, it's very relaxing. You almost feel like you're on holiday on a, riding a train. And then there's just a little bit of arcade intensity at the end injected in. Uh, and I, I like that. I like that about, uh, about golf games too and fishing games that it's so chill and so therapeutic, as you say. Um, so it means that when there's that little bit of intensity, it, uh, it's very piquant. <laughs> it's even harder. It's 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 it's, it's all, I don't know, I always feel like it's almost like an anti game at some point because obviously games yeah, were, games yeah. are meant to be exciting games were meant to be like something fun you get involved with you, there's a challenge involved even like original like pong like all the original yeah, stuff it was, yeah, it was exactly. competition and then someone came on and went you know what if yeah I just sit here for eight hours <laughs> yeah like this is it's great. funny you should say that the game that I'm playing at the moment and even using the word playing I don't know how appropriate it is. Um, basically, I've got a newborn baby. He's, he's like five weeks old today, mm -hmm. actually. Um, so playing games at the minute, there's not a whole lot of time for it. Um, but what I have been enjoying uh, are visual novels, you know, that I've got like a Steam Deck and stuff. 
wait here actually my little guy um and it's brilliant because i can sort of if i'm awake at weird times tonight which i often am at the minute um i can read visual novels on it. and that's a, a genre again that um is sort of historically bigger in kind of uh not just japan but uh, asian countries in general and they have that same kind of feeling of being almost anti-games because you're effectively reading a book and some of them have sort of um you can make choices in them which will impact uh how the game goes and you'll get a selection of different endings maybe ultimately building towards a good ending the one i'm enjoying at the minute uh is called higurashi when they cry it's a kind of um it, it's sort of a, it's a story about friendship it's also kind of a horror game and this sort of weird slice of rural rural um japanese life and stuff um but there's no choices on it there's no uh decisions to be made it's just reading a book um um I felt confused because at the start of it, uh, at the start of each chapter, the maker, um, oh, what's his name? I wrote it down earlier on because I wanted to mention him. Uh, Ryuki C7 is the, the creator. At the start of each chapter, he mentions a difficulty. I just kind of think, oh shit, well, how can there be a difficulty when you're just reading? And he rates the difficulty on, effectively it's a mystery novel, so he rates the difficulty on how easy or hard it is to work out what's actually going on or how it'll end up. I really like that. I, adding an element of kind of play and and gamishness to something that's historically not it kind of got me thinking about thinking about books in that kind of capacity mm -hmm. um you know like oh well like, i start thinking about you know um uh I, I can't even think of a good example now um like like a philip k dick book is that going to be sure is that a game that's difficult or hard you know it, it's it's a strange way to approach a medium that I never thought about before. And it's one that will kind of, I think, will rattle around the back of my mind for a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a few th th things there. So, it's like, obviously, when we're kids, they give us books at reading levels to say, yeah. this is your comprehension skill of what you're That's a really read. good but point. Yeah. We stopped doing that as a duck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm that's really to, interesting. I've, yeah, I've tried to sit down and read Lord of the Rings, and I'll be honest, I can't do it. Like the, the first few pages just throw me off, and then I get, I it's, get it's lost. tough, but man. I can it's, read it's, an, it's dense. an adult book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're, I, I would be the same. I would be exactly the same. And Lord of the Rings is a great shout because I don't think I've ever finished. I might got like halfway through the Hobbit, maybe like I'm like a while ago. Um, I think that was when I was like twelve or thirteen. But I know that my experience when I'm a grown man won't be any different <laughs> you know I, I don't think you know um yeah but yeah you're quite right that there's kind of difficulty levels associated with books when you're younger i wonder when that stops is that when you're maybe about 12 or 13 i don't it must really be, it know must be when you're like kind of teenage age and maybe they, they yeah, I, guess I mean so. they, i guess they stop stop well i guess they i mean i don't know because then you start like english language classes is where you have to describe or explain what you just read yeah but there's no there's no but then that's weird because you go from like learning to read and comprehension levels to then yeah. shakespeare <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> just like, throw you another language <laughs> and all the metaphors I mean, in the world like i guess it could be i mean i guess there's an element of maybe being patronizing if you're you know telling like a a, a 16 year old or a, or a, a, full, a full adult you know this book is an easy book or this is a difficult book but i don't think there should be any shame in that i certainly don't think there's any shame in reading an easy book you know uh like most of the I literature think... i enjoy probably would be described as being easy and that's great you know yeah easy stuff's nice <laughs> yeah 
play a lot of time. I play, again, to bring about the games, I play a lot of games on easy because I'm a bit shit at games. I want to have a good time, you know. So there's nothing wrong with whenever, that. Whenever it brings up the menu screen, it's like, what difficulty do you want? And it's like, oh, it's for the real challenge. And I'm like, I'm not here for a challenge, guys. I'm, I'm yeah, here exactly. to get a small kick of dopamine for completing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think there, there are exceptions for me where I do like sort of, I, I like sort of uh, bullet hell, like shoot 'em up type games. And I want that mm. to be difficult. I want to beat right. top scores and stuff. But for 99% of the time when I'm playing games, I mean, I just told you the, like, the game I'm playing now, I've sunk hundreds of hours in, is a book, you know. Uh, mm. Almost all the time, I'm, I'm picking that easy, easy level because it's exactly the same. I want, you know, I want to, I'm playing a game like, um, like I really enjoy the uh, Ryu Gugatoku uh, set of games, the Yakuza games. Um, they're great. I want to feel like a part, like a, a powerful badass, you know. Uh, so I, I want to play it easy, and you know, kick a dude at Tokyo Street or hit him in the bin and see him explode his money and <laughs> get a dopamine hit for a bit. Yeah, why not? I feel like mildly, mildly powerful just for just for a moment, like you know, yeah, I just never for a, minute, a person yeah. in real life, but just for just yeah, for a yeah, moment. Just, yeah, I want to feel exactly, like just it. one fictional person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's just, nothing wrong with that. You just reminded me. I of like a, that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, I think I was done. I was taking no, no, a bit of fluff off the say, screen there. Um, you just reminded me of, there's a, I think there's a Dara O'Brien bit where he's talking about games and how it's the only media form which locks you out if you aren't good enough. Like, <laughs> you you yeah. don't get the next part of the level if you're not good enough. And he, he was saying, what, what if books did that? You know, what if you were halfway through a book <laughs> and you the end of it, you had to fit, tick off a few questions and it was like, no, you didn't understand that. Go back, go back, go back and read it again. Yeah. Come back when you, you know, comprehend it. <laughs> I think, yeah, you know what? I thought about something I did. One thing I really dislike is talking in the cinema. I think if you're not, that I would implement in the cinema that, you know, if you're not invested in the film, they should, they should cut, cut, cut you off like a, like a game. But no, you're, you're not doing it. You're not playing cinema, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> get out, try again tomorrow. It's, it's how far do you go with that? Because at some point it's like, all right, so if they introduced eye tracking software in the cinema and you missed something, <laughs> the cinema <laughs> recognizes that you weren't watching the screen at that point because you were too busy eating your popcorn or just you know trying to find your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Full. Um, what's the the thing from Clockwork Orange? The Ludovico Ludovico technique with the yeah, and yeah some yeah. some forced cinema watching. That's that's what I meant too. <laughs> you can have easy games and easy books, but cinema. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. exactly. No, no messing around in the cinema. Yeah, you, that, you paid to be in the darkened room with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to pay attention. But no, I, I think it's interesting that we kind of we have these these balances of, of media and how we engage with stuff. Because I mean, surely you, you you obviously post quite a lot of stuff on Twitter and, and post a lot of stuff online, and I'm guessing the reactions you get are mixed in terms of um, what you put out. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, I, I, it's not like I have like I'm, uh, I don't have mega millions of followers or, or anything like that. So I'm very lucky in the sense that you know most of the people who are following what I do are doing that because they're into it. You know, uh, I mean, I'm not such a delicate flower that uh, I'm sure there are lots of people who've heard my music and think, nah, that's that's not for me. But that's totally fine. You know, everyone has their likes and dislikes, as we were chatting about. Um, so I feel really lucky in that. Uh, you know, social media, I guess, is a blessing and a curse, especially, you know, this week when it feels like there's a million billion different platforms to contend with and stuff. Um, I have mixed feelings on 
on Twitter and social media in general as an entity. But in terms of the people that kind of I interact with on there, I have nothing but great things to say, which is is really nice, you know. Uh, um, that's something that I don't expect ever, anyone to sort of think everything I do is really good or whatever, especially because I do lots of different genres and stuff. I kind of sometimes feel sorry for people who have maybe, um, you know, heard like an ambient record I've put out and they've got sort of interest in investment. And then I'm doing like a, you know, a, a metal song about being a cowboy. Uh, they're just like, right, I didn't sign up for this. And again, that's totally fine. You know, I never begrudge anyone kind of clicking the unfollow button or, or whatever. Um, but I think that means that the people who do sort of stick around um, and continue to check out what I do, um, I think they, they want to see what will happen next, you know, and that's quite nice for me. A, a lot of the time people will suggest, um, like genres to me and stuff you know it was actually i mentioned joining the golf club and stuff and that's where the golf club the golf album came from it was a friend of mine nikolai on twitter who said you know why don't you do a golf album and that that idea came from him you know and again it's really important for me to mention people who who, who mentioned that and stuff you know i mentioned i've got a kid and a couple of people have messages saying hey do you, are you going to do like an album of lullabies or something i'm already thinking well maybe i will do an album of lullabies um so that um so having that kind of interaction, I, never, I only ever do stuff if I want to do it, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, if somebody says, you know, why don't you do a blues album, I don't want to do a blues album, I'm not going to sort of think, oh, I better do that now. Um, but if somebody think, thinks of an idea and, and sends it to me and it resonates a bit um, and something comes with it, that's awesome and it feels, I guess, more involved and interactive and stuff, you know, I... I I, I have an emphasis on Bandcamp for that reason because it feels like um, there's an element of community and stuff there as opposed to just Spotify where people might hear your music kind of accidentally. Um, and there are many reasons I like Bandcamp better, but a huge one is that kind of community aspect, being able to talk to the people who dig what I do and for me to be able to thank them effectively and say, listen, I see you out there checking out my stuff. I really appreciate it. That's, that's really nice. That means a lot to me. Um, so... I guess that informs a lot of the kind of the the discussions I have online is that that approach and it's something that holds me in good stead so far. Um, you know, but hey, who knows what tomorrow will bring? <laughs> who knows what new platform will be out there and, and who'll be on it and, and, and what happens? But certainly, all my online pals, my little um, uh, friends in my pocket. You know, again, no people saying that. You know, they're 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 phones full of friends in their pocket. Uh, they're just real people. Um, they're my friends in real life. You know. Uh, so yeah, they that's exist cool. Exist somewhere, you know. They have lives yeah, exactly. outside yeah, of yeah. their yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, I think that's the, the the best approach to it, though. I mean, I, I I kind of kind of like you in the same sense of I I do what takes me, you know, whatever the whim takes me is is what I'm going to create because I want to make things which I enjoy first, and then I want to share those things which I enjoy with other people. And I exactly, think, like you say, I think a lot of people, especially if they do become you know viral or they get big end up a bit trapped because if they change what they're doing like you say someone might click away and they might change you know they're like oh, i'm no longer interested in this um yeah exactly I, I think it's a weird like fine line you have to walk i guess sometimes for some people yeah I, I think you're right um and you know again part of it comes down to me being really fickle i could never just do the same thing over and over again there are people i'm not saying there are musicians who are doing the same thing over and over again but certainly they're staying within a genre they like and that is totally cool and totally great you know if they enjoy doing that awesome that's really good they find the thing they love but i just like yourself i just i, I couldn't do that i like that freedom to, to to have a bit of movement uh and that's part of the reason i really thought uh i think this podcast is really cool because 
you're involving different people. It's never staying in one place. You know, you're 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 learning things and you're helping other people learn about different experiences and stuff. And again, to me, that's 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 where the meat is. That's that's where you're catching the the big fish. You, you got to fish or fish in the deeper waters to you know, like, <laughs> see, see, see what's going on out there. What not? And we mentioned it like a, a couple of kind of a, a bit there where we were obviously you use quite niche uh, samples and you use like niche inspirations. And you mentioned the the idea of like something just taking you or an idea just taking you. I was talking recently to another guest, uh, Dave Zakin, who's a ceramicist who lives out in Brooklyn. And we, he, he, he does what he, you know, he called like, you know, dysfunctional ceramics in the sense of they make odd characters and shapes, but he tends to write slogans into the ceramics, which are, you know, creepy or surprising or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And I was saying how a lot of the work which I make tends to come from like one liners, like one lyric, one liners. And I was wondering if it was kind of the same for you, but maybe in terms of like you hear like an audio note or you hear something where you're like, oh, that could be something. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, the train jingles is a really good example of that because that's mm -hmm. a very, the instrumentation is always very similar with them or usually is, uh, some of them will just sound like a ring telephone or whatever. But a lot of the time it's kind of jingly keyboard sort of dx7 type stuff and from that little seed you know you can you can get something something big um and ceramics is actually a really good 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 jumping off point for that i i used to work sort of um uh, i studied film and i sort of did freelance filmmaking for a while i once made a documentary about uh, a ceramicist a ceramicist right apart to know to made the documentary a ceramics dude here and his whole deal was um he made teapots um he didn't really like cone teapots he called them spurted pouring vessels um, because again, for him, they didn't really look like teapots most of the time. He right. said as long as they were, he never really used them as teapots. Um, right. But as long as they functioned, that was his hook. You know, that that's, that was his one line. That was his seed. Uh, and from that, he was able to sort of see how far he can push that and bend it and stretch it. Quite literally with the, the stuff, it's all obviously very physical and tangible. His name's Peter Meadley, if you want to look him up. He's, he's really good. Um, uh and yeah, I, I, again, I like that approach, you know, where you're taking a small idea and then just seeing just how far you can twist it and bend it and have, have fun with it. So 100%, yeah, a lot of my musical approach, uh, and again, my approach to most stuff would, would come from that, where it's taking that small idea um, that maybe it is something I've heard, you know, like I, I, all the music I do is entirely made from the ground up by, my, by, by myself, you know, from uh, like just from like, again, a blank page or whatever. I know I get sort of, um, there's a bit of overlap between the sound of what I do with like Vaporwave and stuff, which is obviously built very heavily on samples and, and stuff again, which is great and everything. With my music, it's it's from the, it's, it's just all played basically by me on various synthesizers and stuff. Um, but what I do find interesting is um, being inspired by um, like old TV commercials and stuff like that, because that's something that, well, I don't use elements of that in my music, what I love doing is watching like old, especially slightly surreal commercials um, from the from 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, and even more modern ones, because it feels like a real sort of snapshot of a particular time in a way that's often a lot more surreal than just sort of sitcoms would be or TV programs at the time. So I'll watch something like that and maybe try and write some music to fit that. And then maybe I'll sort of make a video from it where I'll cut together some bits from the commercial with the music uh, and stick it on, on Twitter and stuff. So well, I don't really do musical sampling. I guess I would do video sampling if that's a thing. Mm. Um, so again, like loads of inspiration comes from that. Um, and sometimes I'll write songs where I've written it sort of as a soundtrack to a commercial or something. 
and no one will ever see the commercial, but I'll know in my head that that's my own little soundtrack to that, and sometimes that's where the name will come from. Or um, yeah, so definitely there are, there are things and places and people out there that'll that'll inspire me to sort of you know plant the seed and do whatever you do with the seed, water it, grow it, stuff like that. I'm not a good gardener. I like plants, but I'm not yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's interesting though. I was having this this thought kind of the other day of of because obviously a lot of conversation comes up a lot nowadays of how things are you know just repeating or you know creators are always always taking inspiration from other creators and obviously AI that's a whole other minefield of of things which can be discussed one day. Um, but I was thinking of of what what moves art genres and what mo moves music genres along tends to be someone kind of stepping out of the lane. Tends, tends to be you know moving on but i find within our generation at least and, and this whole whole generation is a lot of modern eyes now do take things from pop culture we do take things from the, the things around us and we use those as, as jumping off points and i was trying to think if that was whether it's bad or good but at the same time was conflicted because i was kept thinking about renaissance painters and how a lot of their imagery was just taken from the bible and they were using the biggest piece of pop culture they had, yeah, which exactly, was biblical yeah. imagery, and, and moving it along. And I was thinking, you know, when you get these critics who come along and say, oh, well, you, you know, you, you just ripped off this, or you, you, you're looking old, old, whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, but everyone, that's, that's yeah, every everyone art movement ever. That, that, you know, you take what you say, you, like you say, you, you're inspired by what was surreal about the thing that you were seeing and what was interesting about the thing you were seeing, and then placing that within your structure of creating things. Um, yeah, uh, I, th yeah I, I, think, I think you're right. It's kind of like a sliding yeah. scale, isn't it? You know, I mean, you never want to completely rip someone off, but paying homage is great. And just it's where you find that line that sits right with you, whether it's something you're making or something you're enjoying. Uh, and you're totally right. It's, it's the oldest game in the world, nearly. Everyone does it, you know, that if you're going to make something, you'll, you'll be inspired by the stuff you consume. It's, it's only natural and it's good. That's, that's a good thing. Again, it comes back to me, to, for me, the idea of kind of, less appropriating, more appreciating. So if you do something that's inspired by somebody, do your best not to rip it off, you know, try and do something new that's maybe sure takes elements from it in some sense, you know, uh, it's always good to be as originally as original as humanly possible, but it's also great to start out where your, your inspiration comes from, you know, and if you've made something new and you haven't completely ripped it off, then you're free to do it. You know, if you're, if you've done something not very nice, like completely ripped somebody off somebody else's work, then you don't get the joy of saying this is where my inspiration comes from. If you made something new, then you can go, oh, well, you know, I like that. And maybe I was inspired by that or this, the other. And people can find out more. So it's it's an, it weirdly being inspired, I think, gives you the freedom to make something new and to talk about it. You know, there, it, it, it's not like, um, is, is it two sides of a same coin or is it both the sides of the same coin? There's a coin involved, there's sides involved. But, you know, there's there's a way to do things that you can... You can have your cake and eat it too, as long as you're you're making something new and and, and good. I think your work definitely it, it it taps into that, especially. I mean, at least for me, as as you know, because obviously, obviously everything's subjective to what you consume in the world. Obviously, people connect it in different ways. But I think the fact what I found was that, like you're saying about there's the surreal nature to the old things you're seeing, and whenever I see older things, my brain instantly clicks into. But this was normal at some point. Like this, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. was, it's like when you watch old 80s new music videos. I love them because at some point this was considered standard and we we kind of moved on, along from that. And then, you know, obviously film and cinema developed and techniques developed. And what we have right now is considered 
normal. Like that's considered the everyday. In 20 years, it'll be considered surreal. These people look back and be like, why was this? Why was this ever a thing? You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Your, your, your stuff tapped into that for me because I was just like, yeah, I'm seeing this stuff. And it's, it's almost like the idea of creation becomes just like trying to break into someone's like own history and past and say something new about what they've already seen for it to make it enjoyable for every day <laughs> yeah that, that that i i could not have humanly put that better myself i mean i completely agree that's uh it, it's it's a great approach and it's it's endlessly fascinating as you said to think about how things we treat as as normal now will be very strange in, in 20 years you know uh which is great that's nice i, I like living in weird times just as long as they're not weird in a terribly shit way, but you know, it's a yeah. weird good times. There's I'm, a I'm limit to weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a cutoff point. It's like it's like the the books again. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Point, we're we're gonna have to sit back and review times and be like, no, you know what? We went too far. We went too yeah, weird. Too far. It? Yeah. Cut it back. We were... Yeah. Get out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Step out. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll go do something you know lovable and nostalgic again. <laughs> what's the, what's yeah. The exactly. <laughs> yeah like completely a, can apply creation process to the entirety of society <laughs> just <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's how all, it should be yeah sample everything and then uh when we when we feel like we've done it too much which we're, I feel, we're almost yeah, we'll, we'll, like, we'll know we'll know <laughs> yeah. so someone will come out there'll be a report it'll, it'll yeah exactly out, yeah we'll, we'll yeah <laughs> a weird segue is that i watched a, an article this morning uh from everything was like new york times or whatever it was and it was basically just a declaration that we failed as <laughs> yeah just everything. in general Everyone, they they, yeah. they wrote this report and it was basically just along the lines of so everything we thought about capitalism society uh for the last 20 30 years was incorrect and <laughs> here's the breakdown yeah. of how it's incorrect <laughs> and it, it ended really ominously because the article ended with we don't really know what the future of it will look like, but what we can say is that currently it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> Definitely so, on the wrong path. <laughs> what do I do with the rest there, of my day now? There's a lot of joy to be had uh, in sort of bleak stuff when it comes to media, but less so when it comes to real life, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's because it's controlled. When it's media, we, we're putting ourselves in that situation. <laughs> yeah, the real exactly. World, we have no control. Yeah, we're living it. Yeah. <laughs> This would be a weird point to end the podcast on. Like, <laughs> oh, a nice, a nice bleak ending. Yeah, that sounds fun. No, uh, what time? Well, I think I got a bit of time left. Um, we, we got ten minutes. I, I just wanted to ask you, you what kind of like what you're working on right now. Uh, so, well, I mentioned earlier that you know, uh, recently my wife and I have had a kid, which is lovely. And a couple of people did say, "Oh, you know, will you do like a, an album of lullabies and stuff?" Um, and I've been having fun playing music for for my my little guy to try and get him to sleep and to calm my own brain down when it's tired and friendly as uh, as it often is right now. So that's something I'd like I'd like to do. You know, uh, I think I probably will once I kind of um, you know, record a little snatches of music uh, just for myself and for my family. But if I can collect those into something that's for other people too, um, that that would be great. That'd be really cool. Um, I've always got like a couple of albums on the back burner but because of this big life change i haven't really been in my studio as much um but i've always got stuff going on you know uh but that's something i would like to do is like a baby album uh, i think people could expect that probably in the not too distant future um once i get that settled but 90 percent of what i uh i'm working on at the moment and what i have been working on for the past couple of years is a couple of video game soundtracks which i am 
100% love him doing. I can't talk too much about them because of MDAs and stuff. Um, but it's they're just dream projects that I, I love in every capacity. Um, and uh, yeah, again, you know, it taps to that whole thing of this is a whole world that um, I'm being entrusted to score. And, you know, I mentioned that I like sort of world building and stuff in general. The fact that I'm part of a team where people are building a world and I'm providing the sounds of that world, that's so exciting to me. And it's something that obviously it's lots of work, uh, but it's something that I am continually fired up about. And I'm working with brilliant people doing absolutely, frankly, incredible things. And uh, I couldn't be more excited uh, about it. So that we'll probably see a trailer from one of them this year, maybe. Um, yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the main thing, is, is some game soundtracks. Um, but apart from that, just making my own music for, for myself and the cool people who, who want to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, there maybe there'll be some baby stuff soon. Um, and the baby stuff, you know, I, 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 uh, I, I have recorded a few, actually, already. Um, well, I say a few, I think I've recorded 26 and a half <laughs> baby-themed <laughs> songs. Uh, <laughs> Some of them are kind of lullabies. Some of them are kind of more jazz leaning. Some of them are um, are like metal tracks. There's some kind of more anime scented jazz fusion in there. And you know, I mentioned I might kind of try and collate those in something coherent. Um, but I kind of I kind of like that it's even you know I mentioned I jump around genres a lot. This is kind of bounces around a lot. But I feel like it's a little snapshot of where my head's been at for the past month. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that might be nice just to kind of not mess with it too much and let people into my brain for a bit. And, you know, maybe if it makes people have a cool, cosy time in their jammies too. You know, it's not just for babies. It's suitable for ages, not to infinity. So, uh, so yeah, I think that, that's something that's on the horizon. Uh, baby music, a couple of video games, trying to survive and get some sleep. That's that's my life right now. <laughs> I think that's not a bad way to approach it. And about that kind of point to round this out on is, is, you know, creation helps deal with life. It helps you, you know. It, it does cope with what's going on, and and you, again, like you say, you like you're, you're world building, but you're world building in your own world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, uh, and I can't I can't ignore the therapeutic element of that. I mean, even if I wasn't making music to release or to you know commission stuff or whatever, I'd still make music anyway because it's it's therapeutic and it's lovely. And uh, you know what what a what a great way to spend time creating a thing that. You know, I think it's great for anyone to create anything, whether it with any goal in mind, whether that's for themselves as a hobby, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a bit of both, which is what mine kind of probably falls into. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a great thing. It's a it's a great catch-all, and that can translate to anything. You know, creative. So yeah, as you said, therapeutic, lovely, all the best, <laughs> all the best stuff to do. I just got one more question for you before we before we oh, fully round no up. No probs. Which I'm I'm asking to every guest at the minute is uh, who should I speak to next? Oh my goodness, that's an amazing question. Um, my head instantly goes towards other musicians and stuff. If we're talking music, um, there's so many sort of contemporaries of mine that I love. Um, there's a dude called Cat Kemper. His real name is Mike Langley. And he is a dude who um, releases kind of almost exclusively cat themed music, and lots of it is done on kind of um, junky 80s Casio synthesizers and stuff. Aside from that, he's also a tremendously interesting dude who has lived making music all his life. You know, uh, he, he's, he's um, done Razorhead-themed David Lynch-style projects. He has done uh, albums created entirely on toys. I think he is the dude who founded the subgenre Toytronica, <laughs> you know? Uh, so an endlessly lovely, 
fascinating, inspirational dude, Mike Langley. Um, you know, if I have more ideas, I will. I will email them to you. But uh, he's the first dude that comes to mind uh, because he's a dude that I always love hearing uh, talking about stuff. I would love to hear you two um, peer into each other's brains. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, I'll try and chat it out. That's all we can do. We can you know, sit down and discuss. Hey, I'll, I'll try try and sit down. I'll, I'll send you the email address. I'm sure that's not a breach of GDPR. I'm sure he won't mind me furnishing you the, with his details. I'll just CC you on it. And uh, if it, if it yeah, goes yeah, wrong, I'm like, yeah, Peter's yeah, to blame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'll, I'll take the hit. No, that's amazing. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much to anyone checking this out. Um, it's It's been a true, true pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed this so much, so very much. That's all we can hope for on any of these. And we will catch up with these guys later then. Thanks very much, Pete. Thanks. Cheers.